Hola, hola. Welcome to the Breakthrough Brand Show. I'm Fabi Paolini, and my mission on this podcast is to give you behind-the-scenes stories, anecdotes, and unique perspectives behind building a premium brand that makes a real impact. I believe that when you create a message that is aligned with your truth, you can have the breakthroughs that changes lives. Each week, me and my guests share with you how we're making an impact with our message and the stories behind our success. So that being said, let's dive into today's episode. Well, I am so excited today to welcome Paige Arnoff-Fenn, who is the founder and CEO of Mavens and Moguls. What a good name, by the way, where she works with venture capitalists, entrepreneurs, and business executives who are seeking expert marketing advice and innovative ideas without the overhead of a full-time marketing staff. Welcome to the show, Paige. I'm so excited to have you here today. Well, thanks, Fabi, for having me. I'm excited to talk to you, too. Yeah, me too. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do in your own words. I'm curious. So basically, we're like a virtual marketing department for organizations that need access to great marketing talent on an as-needed outsource basis. So we can either be an extension of your in-house team, or we can serve as your fully loaded marketing department and help you get get the right messages to the right audiences and help increase your visibility and find more people to buy your products and services. Perfect. So do you focus mostly on big picture strategy, like let's build out your funnel, let's build out, you know, your customer journey, or is it more of what is the daily stuff that you're posting on social media to grow your audience? Or how do you get on podcasts? Or is it a little bit of everything? A little bit of everything. Basically, we'll do anything a marketing department, ad agency, PR agency, or market research shop does on an as needed outsource basis. Wow, that's amazing. Well, can you tell us a little bit about how you started your business and what inspired you to be an entrepreneur as well? So it's kind of a funny story. You know, I, I, as a kid, I wanted to be, you know, big company. I wanted to work for big corporate, you know, Fortune 500 businesses. I started my marketing career at Procter and Gamble, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably the biggest consumer products company in the world. Yeah, I went to Coca Cola as the number two marketing person in the uh, in the company. So I had very big corporate Fortune 500 marketing experience. And I really thought when I was a student and when I was getting my MBA, I thought I'd be Meg Whitman one day. I'd be a Fortune 500 CEO that came up through marketing. So that was really my intention uh, in, you know, in my younger days. But when the internet started taking off in the 90s, I left my big corporate cushy job at Coke in 1997. It was like internet 1.0. And I left to join the first startup as the head of marketing. And I, you know, moved to Los Angeles and I headed up marketing for a company that no one had ever heard of before, which was a real challenge because I had worked for P&G and Coke, these big brands that had (laughs) tens of millions of dollars of budget. They could afford to run ads on the Super Bowl or the Olympics. And these startups were very scrappy. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I did three startups as the head of marketing, one in LA and then two here in Boston. And they all had really good exits. They all ended up getting sold or going public or both. 
And, you know, it was really a fun, fun ride. Um, One was in transportation. One was in business to business services. um, And uh, the last one uh, was, uh, sorry, I I did them out of order. One of them was in uh, entertainment and music. Um, So it was just a really fun period. It got me out of consumer products, into technology, into B2B, into different categories, you know, like transportation. And um, it was just really fun. And they all had great exits. But I joke, you know, I'm not Sheryl Sandberg. I didn't work for Facebook or Google mm-hmm. or LinkedIn. So I don't I didn't make two billion dollars, but I made a little money three times. <laughs> but when 9-11 hit, you know, the marketing world really changed. And I don't know if you were uh, doing marketing back then, but, you know, everybody after 9-11, the market crashed like over 500 points. People panicked. They wanted to conserve their cash and everybody laid off their marketing departments. And I had just gotten bought out of the third startup. So um, basically I was going to kind of sit on the sidelines, but all these companies that had recently panicked and fired everybody still needed marketing help. So, you know, and I had worked for three venture backed startups that all did well. So a lot of the board members and private equity guys and venture capitalists reached out to me and said, hey, what you did for that company before, can you come help me again now? And I was confused at first because I was never a consultant. Mm -hmm. I was the client. I was the chief marketing officer. Right. But um, when they said, can you help? I thought, well. I know what to do. And I know all these people who just got laid off. So I had the people, I had the projects and I put them together. And uh, I called the women, the marketing mavens and the guys, the marketing moguls. And we hit the ground running. And that was more than 20 years ago. And we're still doing it. So here we got, here we are. That's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm curious because you have experience from the beginning of the internet days, basically, right? Of like how things have changed so much. And I think that I feel like they change every month almost. There's something new right now, for example, with chat GPT, it's the big conversation. And I'm curious to how you feel the market or or like the foundational pieces, do you feel like at the end of the day, they're the same no matter what has changed in the market? Or do you feel like there are certain things that companies or entrepreneurs need to change in terms of that as well? I hope that made sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. So I guess the tools and the technologies are always changing. You're absolutely right. You know, um, when Facebook started, it was just for students and then it was for grandparents and then it was for business. Um, then Twitter came onto the market and you've got Instagram and Pinterest and LinkedIn for business. And you're right now, all the artificial intelligence, the, um, you know, VR and AR, you know, there's just, there's always new tools in the toolkit. But I guess having started in, you know, classical traditional marketing, when all you had when I started at P&G was print, radio, television, outdoor, and direct mail, those were your only options. That was it. And, you know, then when the internet started taking off, you had a lot of online marketing, banner ads and things like that, Mm -hmm. um, interstitials. Now you've got 
like I said, so many tools in the toolkit, but it, at the end of the day, marketing is about your message, your, you know, mm -hmm. getting the right strategy and the right message and having a strong value proposition exactly. and getting the right words and pictures to convert your audience so that they click and buy and convert. So that has not changed. How, how you do it. Exactly. What I love about marketing is that you're constantly learning. You're constantly being challenged. You're, you know, you're, you're staying on the cutting edge. I, I think maybe we'll never get Alzheimer's because our synapses <laughs> have to keep firing all the time. Exactly. Exactly. And that's great, but you have to stay on your toes. You can't, you can't rest on your laurels. But at the end of the day, we're storytellers. You're trying to figure out what's the compelling story that gets people hooked, that grabs their attention, that breaks through the noise so to help them stand out from their competitors. Mm -hmm. And that has not changed. We're, you know, that that is good marketing. And good marketing is good marketing, whether you're talking in the 1950s with Mad Men or, you know, yeah. before the internet, during the internet or today. It's all about kind of hooking in your target audience, defining your market and finding what is going to get them to, to convert. Exactly. I love that. So um, tell me what type of clients do you work with now? Do you still work with these really large companies or are you also working with smaller businesses? So the majority of our clients, I'd say two thirds of our clients or like 2 million to 200 million in revenue, mid-market, emerging market firms, a lot of venture-backed technology companies. But we also work with a lot of nonprofits. We mm -hmm. do work with the Fortune 500, but obviously the bigger the company, they're going to have a marketing department, right. they're going to have an ad agency of record, they're probably working with a PR agency. So the bigger the company the more likely it is that they bring us in on a project basis because mm -hmm. they have a gap or a need that their current staff can't fill. And they just need us to do something very uh, discreet and tangible. For a, for a mid-market emerging market firm, you know, they're not going to have access to the, the best marketing talent on a 24 seven basis. Mm -hmm. So they may use us as like a virtual marketing department where they can, you know, at P&G and Coke, they're spending money somewhere in the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Right. <laughs> There's always something where Coke can be promoted. For a lot of our clients, they may have two or three trade shows a year. They ha may have one product launch uh, that's coming out. So it's a very discreet um, project where they right. need us, um, but they don't need us maybe all the time. And so they can put us uh, on a project or they can put us on retainer so that anything that comes over the transom, we're going to be there. And if they need to dial it up for the product launch or the, the um, conference, they can buy more of our time. And if they just need a baseline amount of, of help for some ongoing marketing needs, we can do that at a much lower level. But it saves them the hassle of trying to right. find the right talent and 
you know, pay a lot of money when they don't need people every week of, you know, of every month of every year, mm-hmm. but they're really busy at certain times and they're not that busy at other times. And nonprofits also, they don't have the biggest budget, but they have mission-driven organizations that need great marketing. And so they can use us on an as-needed basis. So we really, we're all over and it's just a question of, you know, whether we're on on retainer, whether we're working on a project basis and, you know, how many resources they need, because sometimes they need market research. Sometimes they need website development. Sometimes they need copywriting or brochures and Mm -hmm. we can pull in exactly what they need when they need it. That makes sense. I love that. Um, so I obviously your audience is broad and this might be not an easy question to answer or as obvious, but is there a strategy that you feel is something that is, let's say, indispensable, like something that every single company or most companies or entrepreneurs need to really be focusing on in 2023? Yes, that's a great question. So it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody needs, we've learned so much in the last two and a half, almost three years with COVID. You do not exist today if you can't be found online. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you're a solo entrepreneur or a small startup or a nonprofit or a Fortune 500. If people can't find you, um, you don't exist. Exactly. And so I would just tell everybody listening, all of your followers, please make sure that you've got you've got all the breadcrumbs to find your story online. Get a website, optimize the website, and you need to start thinking of yourself as a brand. A lot of people say, you know, I'm not LeBron James. I'm not Serena Williams. I'm not Taylor Swift. Like, I'm not really a brand. Well, that's just not true anymore. Everybody's a brand. And what do you do before you pick up the phone, before you invite someone to your podcast, before you schedule a meeting? You Google that person. You look them up on LinkedIn. And what comes up when people Google you? If it's flattering, then they're going to return the phone call. They're going to be very excited to set up the meeting. And, you know, things will move quickly. And if what comes up is either confusing or they don't even know if it's you and maybe a lot of digital dirt comes up, things that you are not necessarily so proud of, Hmm. um, that's going to be a problem for you today. So, you know, if you haven't Googled yourself, I highly recommend you do that. And if there is a lot of digital dirt out there, I mean, for somebody like you or somebody like me. Our names are pretty uh, unique. So if they Google you, they're going to find you. They're going to find me. Exactly. (laughs) But if your name is like Bob Smith or Susan Jones, they're not going to know who you are. And what happens if your name is the same as a serial killer or a porn (laughs) star or a bank robber? You know, you have to be in on the joke. So when you reach out to somebody, you can say, you know, this is Bob Smith, the technology, uh, you know, guru, the developer. I, 
you know, I built this app or I work at this tech firm. I'm not the one that robbed the bank in, in Nevada 30 years ago. <laughs> like, you know, you have to, to be ahead of them on exactly on their, you know, do your homework. So I guess I would just say to anybody listening, you know, clean up your digital dirt, make sure all your social profiles are consistent. Mm -hmm. I think another big mistake I see with people today, they want to be really like snarky on Twitter and they want to be kind of cool and partying on Facebook and they want to be really buttoned up on LinkedIn. You can't really do that because mm -hmm. it sends a very confusing message to people who might hire you or want to do business with you. Like they don't know which version of you is going to show up. Is it the person in the bikini at spring break? Is it the person that's making really snide comments on Twitter? Or is it the buttoned up professional on LinkedIn? And that, you know, you brands need to be consistent in their look, in their feel, in their messaging. So I would try to, to really think about what do you want to be known for? What do you want to stand for? And pick one or two things, not 10 things, but be consistent in everything that you do, you, you know, how you look, what you talk about, what you tweet about, what you post, what you drive, everything needs to kind of be reinforcing the brand that you want to build. Um, and I, I would argue that everybody is a brand today. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess I would just say, again, it doesn't matter if you're an early stage startup trying to raise money and build your first website, or if you're a, you know, up and coming technology company that's growing really fast, or you're a mission driven nonprofit, or a fortune 500 company, those rules still apply no matter who you are. A hundred percent. And I think that it's coming back to what you were just saying, you know, the world that we live in has changed so much. And the days of looking professional in that very classic sense, it doesn't really exist anymore. I don't think that what we used to determine as something, somebody being or a company being professional is the same thing that somebody or the same thing that would make somebody buy today, right? Obviously, we want credibility. You want to show up as an authority if that's your thing. Maybe not necessarily for everybody, but for the most part, um, at least for the people listening to this. But you also need to humanize your brand. You also need to make yourself relatable. You also need to make sure that people can connect to you um, and to your vision. And coming back to what you were saying, Paige, about really making sure that there's a lot of consistency across all of the platforms, because you never know where people can find you from. We have people that come to us from so many different places. And if I didn't have consistency in my brand, I wouldn't have built success in, or, or maybe I would, I would, but it's, you, you want to have the least amount of resistance possible exactly. to success, essentially. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears and I'm going to ask you a question that, um, I just really like asking because as an entrepreneur, I'm sure you have discovered by now that this is very much a personal development journey as well. There's so much inner growth that needs to happen, so much oof, challenges that we need to overcome. So I'm curious to hear about how what role personal development has played in your own entrepreneurial journey and 
if you prioritize it in your life or how do you prioritize it in your life? Another great question, Fabi. So I feel like I loved being a student when I was a kid and I feel like I've been a student my whole life. I don't think you ever stop growing and learning. And I think part of being an entrepreneur is you need to have a growth mindset. You need to constantly be pushing the boundaries and getting outside of your comfort zone and finding ways to grow and learn. And as I said, you've got to stay up on all the new tools in the toolkit. Um, you know, I, I try every day to read articles, trade journals, books, um, you know, online learning, webinars, podcasts, um, TED Talks. I just think there's, it's all just a click away. Um, you know, it, there, there used to be tons of conferences and trade shows. Some of those are now hybrid. Some of those are back to being in person again. But I think it's really important to carve out whether it's 10%, 15% of your calendar, of your budget, and be committed to staying on top of what's new and exciting and different. Watch your competitors, watch the market, watch the new entrants. You know, you have to walk around, keep your antenna up. I think people that have their nose in their phone and are not paying attention, you're missing out because there's just always something to learn and learn from. So I think professional development is critical. And I really do think the best entrepreneurs and the best business people really are students their whole life. You never really graduate. You're always learning. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's what makes us grow at the end of the day, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, Paige, thank you so much for coming. Can you tell us where people can find you online? Where can they reach out to you? How they can get in contact with you? All of those details. Thank you. So there are two ways. My website, mavensandmoguls.com. It's M-A-V-E-N-S-A-N-D-M-O-G-U-L-S.com. And LinkedIn. Uh, my name is hyphenated, but on LinkedIn, it's all smushed together. Paige Arnoff-Fenn, P-A-I-G-E-A-R-N-O-F-F-E-N-N. And as one of my clients said, because my company name has an ampersand and my last name has a hyphen, she said, you know, I always forget all the words and all I remember is Paige and Mavens. So when I need you, I Google Paige and Mavens and you pop right up. <laughs> and that's great. So thank God for search engine optimization. Exactly. Would, that's another good lesson today. People exactly. have to be able to find you. So if you're building your website, which everybody needs today, make sure it's optimized for voice, for everything, for images, for text, for everything. Exactly. I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming to the show today, Paige. It was wonderful having you here. And everybody go check Paige out at mablesandmoguls.com. And I will see you in another episode soon. Bye. Thanks, Mavi. It's been great. Thank you. Gracias for listening to today's episode of the Break Your Brand Show. To listen to more episodes or to be featured as a guest, go to fabipaulini.com slash podcast for more details. Can I ask you for something? If you got value out of this episode, would you share it on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or just post it online. 
If you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let me know about the show and include the hashtag Breakthrough Brand Show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and subscribe right now. Your thumbs up, rating, amor, love, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean so much to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fabipaulini.com, or follow me everywhere as Fabi Paulini. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Con amor, Fabi.